Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Today we have the homie Dumb founded in here. Dumb is a rapper, actor, and podcast host, um, all-around entertainer. Uh, most of you guys might know Dumb from the rap battle scene. He made a name for himself doing things like King of the Dot. That kind of eventually led him into pursuing his music career. And alongside with that, he was acting. And he just realized he wanted to just keep making stuff, making content. And he was very uh, up on the early YouTube game as well. And uh, as exciting and as fun as all that stuff is, Dumb is somebody who creates uh, from a place of authenticity. And we talk a lot about where social media can be a very big influencer in terms of the moves that you make, uh, the persona that you feel like you need to put out. But Dumb's been able to kind of sift through all that noise and just kind of um, be himself. And as you'll hear, even in this uh, this talk, he's very raw and, and uh, isn't afraid to even be vulnerable about some of the things that he struggles with as an as an artist and as, as a man. I think it's really dope to see that he's creating from a place that's very real to him. He's doing a lot of things, evolving into new spaces. He talks about how he views what success is to what his dreams are and um, all of that. Really fun talk, a lot of laughs in this one. Um, I think for me, I was just really inspired by um, his vision and his why and what drives him to keep moving towards all the things that he has in front of him still. Um, it's another inspirational talk. I think just for me, I think this is just uh, a real one that I really enjoyed. So let's hop into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Moving in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. And today we got the homie Dumbfounded in the house. Hey, what's, what's up, up Dumb? What's up, dude? Dumb is a rapper, actor, podcaster, and the unofficial mayor of K-Town. They always Repping say K-Town that I'm more like a city councilman. City. So yeah, what? Yeah. what is, so what is the whole story of K Town? I mean, I know you you weren't born in K Town, right? No, I was not. I I uh, was raised there my whole life at the age of three. Um, you know, just um, immigrated to Los Angeles, family uh, uh, when I was three, and but you know, I'm I associate myself most with Los Angeles yeah. and Koreatown. Where were you? Where were you born? I was born in Argentina. Okay. Which was like it sounds weird, but actually a lot of Koreans immigrated there yeah. from Korea yeah. um, during that time, and then my, yeah came over here. When we were when I was three and my sister was one, okay, yeah. So your childhood was growing up in K Town. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. I mean, more than K Town, it's more L A. Okay. Like K Town happened to be my headquarters, but I was definitely more L A. Like when I was growing up, like when I was younger, even in my teenage years, I didn't really hang out with a lot of Koreans. I just happened to be in Koreatown, but I was like always into different things that a lot of the Asian kids in Koreatown weren't into. Like it's like. You know, somewhere like Koreatown and SGV, they have like really strong uh, Asian communities. Yeah. And the thing about those communities, like the Asian kids there aren't like walking around like timid Asian kids. Mm-hmm. Like they run around, they walk, run around like they own the neighborhood, right, you know, right, and yeah. like, and they had their own scenes and they have their things like crews and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I didn't really belong to a lot of those crews. Mm-hmm. Cause my interest kind of lied in other, other places, you know, yeah. I was like hanging out with skateboarder, Latino skateboarder kids or like rapper kids, you know, black rapper kids or, or whatever. So I didn't really hang, I wasn't like at the, 
the PC rooms with the Koreans and parking lots, <laughs> yeah. popping a squat, smoking cigarettes. Right, like I right. wasn't doing that, you yeah. know. But then that came like later on. Like my, my friend, my Asian friends, kind of came later on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I remember you grew up in the eighties, right? Or like uh, well, you're, you're born in the eighties. I was born in eighties, but grew up nineties. The nineties. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, I, yeah. I would say the nineties was when, um, yeah, like I mean, the riots happened in the nineties, right, right. and like that whole. Uh, kind of like cultural climate of of LA and K-Town was really it was kind of it was kind of crazy during that time right and so you kind of grew up in that scene yeah a definitely bit. my my dad and you know my dad had a business mm -hmm. you know um during the riots I remember like I was a child I was like seven or something like that and then uh but I remember like going coming and in, driving into a um, a market a Korean market in K-Town and then the security Korean security guard was like, "Get out of here! Get out of here!" <laughs> yeah. And we, I remember being in my dad's like shitty old Oldsmobile in the backseat, and we're driving away. And I look down Western, and there was like a mob coming coming down the street. Holy crap! And um, so I remember all that. You know, my dad had tons of friends who owned businesses too. So we were part of that Koreatown community for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that you hung out with like the skater kids, the rapper kids. Did yeah. you? So were you skating and rapping like? Ever since you were a kid, yeah, I, I was skating. Um, I was skateboarding when I was like probably thirteen mm -hmm. and on. Um, I was for the most part, I was just like a nerd. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like rapping at that. I was. I started rapping around fifteen, but like when I was growing up, I I was like really a big like TV and film mm -hmm. and like pop culture nerd. Yeah. You know, like I just you know, like a lot of us, we just grew up on the television, like oh. latchkey children. You yeah. know, but I was really, really like into old film and tv stuff like as like a film head yeah so even when i was young i was like watching all these like marx brothers buster keaton Whoa. like i love lucy like, like i was really just into old it. classics yeah, yeah i was okay. really into old shit mm -hmm. like I, I even to this day i'm like a huge like i like collecting old toys yeah. and and you know watching old movies so in that way i was kind of a nerd and there wasn't a lot of kids in koreatown who were into those things you know um Luckily, I went to like a high school that there was a lot of like kids who were sons and daughters of like um, filmmakers and bands. Like right. I went to the school in like Los Feliz area and it's around Silver Lake and Silver Lake just had a lot of those kids. Yeah. Um, so that opened me up to a lot more friends like who were into those interesting things. Right, and then right. um, uh, but I was always kind of a hip hop head growing up. I feel like um, when I was in high school, I listened to both like rock and hip hop. Yeah. And then uh, finally, like freshman year in high school, when I was about like 15 or so, I just started freestyling, you know, um, going to house parties, getting fucked up, smoking weed, drinking yeah. and freestyling because girls were into it. Yeah. Like that was literally yeah. the only reason I was like, yo, girls are into this shit. Dancing, bro. It's the same thing. No, I mean, that's I think that is yeah. the a big women are a motivation to like everything. You know, they are the yeah. site that's like that's like women are very important in yeah. all levels. They like inspire men to yeah. do things, you know, do great things. Um, but yeah, that was like literally the reason I was like, this is the one thing where I look really cool doing yeah. and pe people were impressed by it. Were you, were you rolling with a crew, like a freestyle crew or was it just yeah, by yourself? I had, I had kids I used to freestyle with all the time. Okay. Like I just found recently these like uh, high eight, you remember high eight, the format yes. tapes? Hell yeah. I have high eight tapes of me like freestyling in my room with like braces and yeah. shit. You mentioned skate videos. I mean, cause I used to skate yeah. too. I used to make my first skate yeah, videos yeah, yeah, on yeah. high eight, bro. High eight yeah. to like yeah. mini DV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have a box of like us freestyling 
sitting in my room taking bong rips and I'm like <laughs> have like have braces <laughs> shit like just looking yeah. nerdy as fuck freestyling yeah. it's hilarious where so so you started this is right around junior high you said right around that time yeah like eight, eighth grade okay. into freshman year yeah. And then I just really, you know, I was really into it. Like, I was so obsessed. Like, every every day I'd freestyle, like, hours, you know, whether it's in my room or with my friends at school. And then um, I finally, I started going to an open mic. The same way, you know, I'm sure dancers have the spots that yeah. all the dancers yeah. go to. My shit was Project Blowed, uh, which was an open mic in South Central. Uh, a lot of b-boys know that spot in L.A., too, and graffiti artists and everything. It was just, like, not even just a rap spot, but it was, like, hip-hop like open mic you know every thursday night so in freshman year this filipino kid is like yo you you i know you'd be freestyling this shit you should come with me to this spot called project bloat it happens every thursday night in south central and this is like where all the illest freestylers go to so i was like yo this is kind of like the next step for me like i was already like some of the best free i was like one of the best freestylers in my circle but like they're just like kids you know what i mean yeah. So I started going, uh, he takes me to the spot, this Filipino kid, and he just goes and, like, loves going there and, like, filming, like, yeah, dope yeah. freestylers. Yeah, He's, like, the yeah, filmer, you know? Sure, yeah. So uh, I follow, I tag along with him, um, and this is my first time even going into, like, that deep into South Central. Yeah. Like, I'm driving down Western, we're going past Pico, I'm like, where the I fuck we going? Anymore, yeah. yeah, I'm like, so that was my first ever experience, really, like, going into, like, the hood, you know? Right. So we're driving... And going past, like I'm, I'm, I live off of like Fourth Street. Project Blood is on Forty Third Street, yeah. you know, at like ten thirty p.m. on a school night, and we're driving in, and we're like, oh shit, like this is like this is South Central. Yeah, yeah. We go to uh, Lamert Park, um, and there's a corner there. We pull up. There's hundreds of like black kids, Latino kids, like barely any Asian. Don't like. There was like probably two, three Asians, and they were all filming. <laughs> they were all filming, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we go, and including my homie, right. you know? So we go there, and... Um, so you're the only one that's there. To I was the only that. one there, yeah. so I go there, but then when I I saw all these, there's tons of ciphers, like fucking like eight ciphers with like 20 to 25 people each all around this like street, like in the middle of the street and everything. I'm like, yo, this is dope, you know? I, I stick my head, and I'm ready to rap. And everyone's so tight, I, like, freeze up. I, the first time, I don't even rap. Like, I'm, yeah. like, you know, I'm, like, cocky as fuck, ready to go. I step in there. I'm, like, oh, shit, I need to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Like, I thought I was tight, you know? Well, you mentioned you said you were you were dope in your circle back what, yeah, at your but, school. Yeah, but your school is, like, that's, you know, it's that's just, just a, a totally small world. Yeah. yeah, this is... Were this there was, other Asian kids that were freestyling? Okay, so there was one, and I, I became friends with him, and we became the same crew. There's a Filipino cat named Lira Flip. And he's a, uh, you know, he he was he's like my age, and he was a, he was the only Asian dude there rapping at when I was there, yeah. and uh, so I I was like, oh shit, there's this one Filipino kid, I became good friends with him, um, and uh, yeah, he was, and I could tell he was getting mad shit too, like seeing him in the ciphers, like he was getting roasted by like other people because they were like he's you know he's the only Asian dude, so he got into a lot of battles during that time. Uh, and then I kind of eased my way in because I definitely was nervous that first time. Right. Yeah. So was, what was that like? So did you actually like throw down or did you? No, like, oh, that first that and... first night I went, I just kind of observed, listened to all, and it was, it blew my mind. I would say that first night there was like a life changer for me. Right. Like hearing artists at, at that level 
that caliber of freestyling mm-hmm. was like just a life changer for me. I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. And I, I, I remember seeing key people that I'm still a fan of now yeah. that like stuck with me. And wow. what they did was like, you know, like when you saw whoever yeah. danced that you looked yeah, up to, sure. right? It was like, I, I just fanned the fuck out. Yeah. And I remember go walking back to my car at the end of that, our car at the end of the night, the homie's car at the end yeah. of the night, like, fuck, I should have hopped in. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it was, but it lit a fire in you. Oh, you know, like, it lit a yeah. fire. I was so addicted. Like, I would go every Thursday after right. that. So for years after that, I went every Thursday night, never missed. I remember, mm. and I didn't have a car. You know, my friend would always pick me up to go every mm. night. I remember a couple months going every week with the homie who always picked me up. One week, he called me and be like, yo, uh, I can't go this to, this week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? We got to go. We <laughs> yeah. got to go. Yeah, it's not an option. He's yeah. like, I can't go. I don't, I don't have the car or whatever. So I remember taking my fucking Razor scooter. <laughs> And going all the way to the shit, all the oh, way to yeah. the shit. And this uh-huh. was like, I guess, when Razor scooters were hot. I don't right, know. I right. just remember I was. It was a Razor scooter, and it yeah. wasn't on my skateboard. But it's way before birds, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I go there, and I'm there, which is cool. But the thing is, it starts at 10:30 p.m. and it usually ends around two. So like after it ends, I'm like, after it was like I was rapping and I had fun. It's 2 a.m. Yeah. I got to come back from South Central right. to fucking K-Town. Yeah, that's a ride. <laughs> it was fucking scary as shit, bro. I'm like paranoid. Like, it, it was wild. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Okay, so that that was Project Blow that, that, that time? And, you know, eventually I earned, like, the respect from my fellow peers there. Yeah. And now I'm, like, part of the crew and, yeah. like, that history. Yeah. Um, they don't have it no more, unfortunately. But it was, it had a crazy long run. It's definitely very historical, I would say. Yeah. So from there, was uh, this is prior to YouTube at this, this during these years, right? So YouTube yeah, wasn't this even was really. Before I, before I was into YouTube. Yeah. Like, I didn't really know much about the YouTube world um, uh, until it, was, it would have been after high school and all that where I've, I started, I, I kept battling and there was all these videos of me battling, but not from like my channel or anything. Yeah. Like there was hundreds of videos of me freestyling and battling online that had a bunch of views. But I'm, you know, my boy who was into YouTube was all like, bro, like I was all proud of myself, but he's like, yo, this is none of like, this isn't your shit. Yeah. Like everyone has it on other people's right. channel. You don't right. have one like, video. Benefiting you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I didn't even think about that right. at the time. I was just like, I got millions of views. Like, why would I give a fuck? You right. know? Right. So my homie was just like, yo, who eventually became my manager was all like, yo, we should start putting out our own shit, put mm-hmm. out our own music videos or whatnot. And I was like, all right, like I was kind of, yeah. I mean, this was already at the time where I was doing grind time and, and had videos that had millions of views. Mm-hmm. And I had people coming up to me and Asian kids coming up to me like, yo, like you're holding it down. Cause mm-hmm. this was like post to Jin, you know, like yeah. Jin was yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, right. And there was no Asian dude right. after Jin for like years, yep. you know. So when I started battling, all these people were like, "Oh shit, finally there's like a new generation of like an Asian battler." Right. And uh, uh, but my my dude was like, "Yo, you getting you're you're not you don't have anything that you really own. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what your end game is for this, right, you right. know." So he was like, "Yo, why don't you chill out on battling? Why don't we start making some music, Word. making some like uh, music videos." And I'm glad he actually kind of like really did that for me. And yeah, yeah, I want to take it back. So before you actually got into 
pursuing music kind of more so as a career move because I mean it seemed like the battling thing was just what you were into that was kind of like a passion sort of like hot well, more than a hobby but you were just into it to be into it right and I mean you did things like King of the Dot like you know that things that kind of put you on the map right. um so were you at, at a young age I mean a, after you were kind of were you still skating was that something that you were still doing at the time uh yeah I mean not really like I, I I've to be honest I've never was good at skating like I always try to get yeah, good yeah, at skating yeah. but I I skated like regularly yeah throughout my middle school and like high school right. um but uh I wasn't like good like I, I wouldn't say I was good and then it slowly slowly kind of phased out like skating regularly yeah, yeah. but yeah but I want so I wanted to ask in terms of you know because I'm I always like to pinpoint where that kind of turning point where people kind of find their ambition you know Cause, oh, oh, okay. you know what I mean because I think for even for myself like I it's funny when I hear your story I, I kind of similar like I was really into skateboarding and you know grew up in a lot of just mixed cultural you know sort of environment never really cared about school you know so I was yeah. never into like studying or whatever all I ever wanted to do was skate and then eventually that became dance right and so I kind of stuck with that so for you at what point did you I mean were you always kind of a kid that was motivated towards something or did you kind no, of not he, find that till later no and you know I, I'll tell you one thing that I think we kind of in this society or this time that it's really kind of fucked up in a way for a lot of kids is that a lot of kids just can't do shit they like without having to think about all these things. You know what I mean? Like when I got into rapping and shit, like I wasn't like, okay, now here's my plan for the next five years. You know what I mean? Like you just like doing it. Totally. Now I feel like there's, it's, it's, it's tough for kids because kids can't just like some shit and do it without mm-hmm. thinking about managers or like your your what this is gonna be your career. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I didn't think about this rapping shit as my career when I started, or mm-hmm. I, even years into it. I was just doing it. I love doing it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think there's so much pressure to to for kids about thinking about so so much things ahead of them. Yeah, that they start not focusing on the craft. They start straying away from the craft and they start thinking about the strategy of how they're going to make that craft a living. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. Like things should fall naturally in place. And what a lot of artists don't like great artists who have gone on to make a career don't really tell them is like they, they really the advice part about making a career is like. What they should really just tell them is like just the craft. That's the main thing. It all happens from the craft. You know, I mean, working on the craft and getting so good at it. And then you can strategize later. But I feel like thinking about the strategy too early disrupts that process of getting your craft right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I feel like it was so natural for me to, the money just kind of came later, you know, but I was very obsessed with, you know, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So after you kind of did your your the whole battle rap scene, was that kind of an easy transition to be like, cool, let me just do this music thing now? Yeah, no, I mean, so when I was freestyling and battling, like, to me, you know, I'm not taking away from any battle rappers because battle rapping is a whole other thing, especially now. But back in the day, it was a little easier for me because it was like battle rapping was freestyling. Now it's a little right. bit more written and you got to yeah. prepare. But it was a lot easier than making music because music is like, 
you make a beat, you make a chorus, right. you verses, like it's a lot of work. So to me, freestyling and battling was like the easier way for me to jam and uh -huh. have fun, you know? Right. Um, and then I learned how to make music really late. You know, there's kids who make songs in their bedrooms at like, you know, 14, 15 now, but I went into making music probably like 18 or 19. I was like a late bloomer in yeah. that. Um, so transitioning from battle rap into that was was hard. And there's like still a stigma that a lot of battle rappers don't make music or can't make music. So that was like a transition that I had to kind of learn. Yeah. Um, but the, the I was lucky because I was making money off of battle rapping, which yeah. a lot of people don't. You know, yeah. battle rapping is pretty street level shit. But it uh, the battle rap scene started making a lot of money. Like yeah. people started getting paid to battle rap. So I was part of that kind of generation that was yeah. making money off of battle rap. Do you feel like for yourself being kind of an Asian cat in something that's kind of predominantly like a black dominated like art form, was that to like was that to your benefit or was that kind of held against you? I, I always say it was a benefit. Yeah. I always say that because if I really think about it, I don't remember like a time where I I saw it as like a a, a really um, or like a weakness or, you know, just thinking like, oh, fuck, I'm Asian. Why do I have to be Asian? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. really recall yeah, any yeah, of those yeah, moments. Like, sure. because you go into the scene and I see a t whether you're a black kid or not, like, if you're a black kid in a, 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 in a culture that it's like tons of black rappers, like, that's hard, you know what I mean? To even get attention. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I don't, th I think... I think it's hard for everybody in that scene. You just got to be tight, you know, but I don't think it's it's harder for anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you can it could be an advantage. You can get attention for being the only Asian or the only white guy sure. or whatnot, you know. Um it just it, it is the outlook though, you know. Yeah. But I I don't recall any moments where I was like, "Fuck, why do <laughs> why did God have to make me Asian?" Yeah. like in the battle rap scene. Like yeah. I don't recall that, you know. Yeah, so Yeah. I can't say it was harder, to That's be honest. Dope. It's funny because, uh, I mean, I'm sure you get this question a ton. I mean, we get it a ton, too, you know, especially when, um, you know, when we uh, did America's Best Dance Crew, you know, right. for the first time. And, you know, I was with Jabberwockies, and then we took off our masks, like, oh, my gosh, like, majority of them are Asian, you know? And then we got one black homie in that's, there, so it kind of gives us, like, our hip-hop so streak. Iconic, right? though. Yeah, but that's amazing. The, the, the funny thing is, is that we get, that that uh that race question a lot and i don't i don't i try not to um be offended by it it's like what are you talking about we're just as talented right. as anybody else i just know that it's 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 a question because like this is not so common and this is kind of the first time that you know we're we're kind of being put in this type of a spotlight versus you know the other stereotypical ways and i think um, I mean, just what you said, it's not about being, you know, a certain color or race or whatever. It's just, are you dope or are you not, you know? And, and if you are dope, you kind of stand out a little bit more because there aren't that many people that look like you that are put right. in that dope category. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, I think, you know, the race stuff and underestimating, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So it's like, you know, especially something like hip hop, right? We know hip hop is black. Like it started from black people. Right. So when we come into it, like, of course, there's going to be an underestimation. If there's like if black people started and been in it longer, they're not going to think highly of this dude who's not black who's right. going to be that tight because it's about years you put into it in right. the culture, how long that community has been in it. You know, they started it. Mm -hmm. 
you know, they're always going to be like upper hand, like better at it, you know? So it's about that. So I don't, I never thought that was something that was uncalled for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's fine, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that was, uh, I, I think it, me coming from like a comedic background too, like I just knew that it just kind of comes with the territory. You got to have thick skin for this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, especially in dancing and the b-boy world too like motherfuckers are aggressive yeah um more than being asian or not asian you just have to be aggressive mm-hmm. if you can't handle that if you don't have thick skin for that culture then you're not really made for it yeah 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 um i feel like over the you know course of uh you know even like the f- maybe past like five ten years it seems like you've kind of evolved a lot from uh, music, you know, obviously going through the the battle rap to pursuing your own current kind of music career, and then I know acting kind of came into place, and now you have a podcast. And like, right. how has that kind of uh, process been for you? Is it has that always been just kind of organic? Like, I feel like I want to start focusing on this now, or is that like kind of a planned strategy or anything like that? Um, I think it all does come from a place. Uh, whether I think about it or not, it does come from a place of like me wanting to do more as far as entertainment wise. Like mm-hmm. I think before I got into like, you know, I was a child actor actually before I started rapping. Oh, it was like brief. But I remember when I was like 10 years old, I saw a commercial on TV. They're like, we're looking for child actors. <laughs> and I saw that and I, I called it and I made my mom like take me to these like auditions where agents were looking for child actors. Yeah. And that was because I, you know, I grew up on all that shit. All I was telling you, and I was super into film. I was super into acting. I made my mom take me. I was in a PlayStation One commercial. What? Yeah, so, so this was like way back in the day, you know. Uh, I was in like some other like Fox Network, Fox Kids things, uh-huh. and, and until like I became a teenager and I discovered weed, <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> and I, I strayed more towards like music. Yeah, uh, I think just. You get you become a teenager and you're like a whole other person, right. you know. So I went from like being the eager, like I want to act, I want to direct, into became a teenager and I got more into music and I'm like I want to rap, I want to rap. Right, right. So I feel like in the last couple of years I've been kind of wanting to, uh, like approach the acting and directing and uh, the the TV and film side more. Mm-hmm. But while I'm still doing this, you know, like I, one of my, you know, the dudes I look up to is like Donald Glover because he does a yeah. little bit of everything. Yep. And that's kind of the route I want to I want to go. Mm. Um, yeah. You mentioned your mom taking you around like, you know, these auditions. So did your mom always kind of support your artistic endeavors? Yeah, I would say my my I, I, you know, honestly, both my parents weren't really supportive. They just but they weren't like not supportive either. They just weren't around really. Gotcha. Like I just got to I think them being so busy allowed me to explore so much of areas that I normally wouldn't have. Like some kids may have never been able to go out every Thursday night at 10.30 p.m., you know, but like I was able to because I had parents working late at night who were just not really like, you know, they provided a roof over our heads and all that, but they weren't the best parents in the sense of like American parents, you know, like what you got for homework? Let's see. Like, (laughs) nah, you know, like, you know, you could like immigrant parents, like you have to get, you have to get some shit signed and they're just like, sign it yourself. You know what I mean? That kind of shit. So that kind of attitude opened, opened up this whole area of freedom that I could have taken it all sorts of places. I could have either been a drug addict or I could have discovered this open mic, you know? I did like both. <laughs> I dabbled in both. Yeah. You know, having a lot of freedom, you do get into a lot of trouble. Sure. 
Um, but luckily, I feel like, you know, I, I got into activities and hobbies that were positive, too, you know. Did you have uh, any sort of mentor-type figure growing up? Uh, no, but I would say the, the figure I mentioned uh, of, like, this guy, the homie who was a little bit older, his name is Brian Lee. He's a cat. I actually met through Toki Monster. Uh, I've known her for a long time, and uh, this was, like, when I was, like, 22 one or something like that i uh or 20 i forget but uh she introduced me to this dude who was a photographer and he started we was, I, and i needed photos because i was starting to do some artist shit and um he was like yo what are you gonna do with this battleship blah blah and he's the one i told you about earlier who introduced me to the youtube world yeah. started showing me all these dudes he showed me like wax and like tim and i was like what is this shit <laughs> i didn't even know what it was yeah. and um he's like yo people have people have huge followings on youtube and they're like youtubers and i was like oh shit okay and uh he was like yeah well you should put our put your own start putting your own content yeah the first video i ever put on my channel was the battle kick video that mm -hmm. we staged mm -hmm. so this was a video where uh we we're like how are we going to start our youtube channel the best way possible where we get all my fans even from the grind time followers yeah. but have them subscribe to this channel yeah. me and him were like strategizing on this and i was like i so i type in like battle raps on like youtube and the most viewed like the top three most viewed were battles that ended in fights <laughs> yeah I, you know like people yeah. swinging yeah, and shit yeah, so yeah. i was like hmm there's something there uh-huh so i told my boy who's like an expert with the filming and cameras and all this, i was like yo we should stage a fight like that. I Like I'm in a battle uh -huh. and the dude gets mad and he pushes me. And instead of me like swinging back, like since I'm Asian, like let's flip it into some martial arts shit. <laughs> and the homie, Brian, he's friends with like Travis Wong, okay. you know, yeah, uh, the yeah, stunt, yeah. Uh -huh. stunt dude. Uh -huh. um, and he's like, yo, I think I could have, we can have this dude this and, so and, and his whole like crew, like we can stage this like properly. So... We we go to their studio and this video we shoot in literally by the way like five minutes. It's uh -huh. that quick, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get the guy who's gonna take the kick. He's a stunt man, uh -huh. and the guy. This is one thing that people don't know. People know like people are like, okay, it's probably fake, but what they don't know is actually the guy who does the kick isn't even me. Uh -huh. Like he, <laughs> I come out of the frame. Yeah. The dude who's dressed just like me does the kick. He comes out back out, and I come back into the frame. That's so good. And which was Travis, uh -huh. and you know, people don't even know Travis is like a huge stunt dude, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, the whole video, and even the people in the crowd at the battle, they're all like stunt people at that studio that he has, like in the valley or whatever. Yeah. It was out in the parking lot, everything, and, and the video lasts like thirty seconds to forty seconds. It's like done. Yeah. Um, and throughout the whole day before we upload the video, I'm like tweeting like, oh, a random battle today, like leading up to it. Right, right. And I'm like, fuck, you won't even know what happened. Like a fight broke out. Like we literally planned this whole shit. Right. We put it up, fucking million views first day. Wow. Like 30,000 subscribers the first day. Like, Wait, so did people think this was like a real fight or was it kind of? Yeah, I had calls from like, the you know, Alchemist, the producer. Uh -huh. I had like. The homie Tiger JK, Drunken Tiger from yeah, Korea, calling yeah. me from Korea. Like, bro, what the fuck? Like, is this real? <laughs> like, like I remember Alchemist and Evidence, they had like a bet with each other about if that shit was real. So they called me like, yeah. yo, we have a bet. Like, 
you know, like evidence thinks it's fake. I alchemist is like, I think it's real. Like uh-huh. they're like asking me all this shit. It's fucking funny. Um, people like some people thought it was really real. Like at the time, that you guys must have orchestrated like a really like realistic choreographed fight, man. Now, it wasn't even that. If you watch it, like you're like. You just don't, you want to believe it's real. A lot yeah. of Asian motherfuckers want to believe it's real because they're like, oh, this Asian dude did a yeah, fucking tornado yeah. kick. You know what I mean? So I had yeah. a lot of home, uh, Asian homies, they're like, please tell me it's real. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to disappoint them and shit. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but it was great. It was like, it was really the first thing. And it was amazing that it wasn't even like a music video or nothing. It was just like this whole orchestrated thing. Yeah. Um, it gave me a lot of confidence moving forward with like, knowing what kind of videos get views and, and things like that, sure. you know? Yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah, so would you do it? Were you focusing heavy pretty on YouTube at that point after that? Uh, Yeah, I think because my mentor and slash manager was really, really, like, familiar with that world. Yeah. So even after that video, I had a few videos that we orchestrated that went viral. Mm-hmm. Like, there was one called Jam Session 2.0, and it was like... All, it was squares of different musicians playing different instruments and we're all jamming from all around the world and yeah. we're all jamming together making yeah. one song. And that was smart because at the time it was harder to do and it was the idea of mixing like technology with music. So mm-hmm. all these blogs and CNN picked it up as that. They're like, oh, this is beautiful. There's mm-hmm. 12 people from around the world making the same song right. through technology. So that narrative like made it really viral, yeah. you know? Yeah. And... um he was so smart in that way, and he initially like really helped me build my. He he managed Anderson Pack at one time, yeah. because we were doing a lot of music together. So uh, he was really smart in that way, and I would say that was like my first ever mentor because growing up I didn't have a lot of disciplinary figures mm-hmm. in my life. Like my dad was always busy, my mom was always busy doing her thing. My school, I dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't have any teachers or anything that I really related to. Mm-hmm. He was the first dude, and I was really good at talking my way out of shit. Mm-hmm. So he was the first motherfucker I could not talk my way out of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like almost frustrating, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Dang, that's wild. So, I, yeah, again, like hearing your story of, you know, kind of being that latchkey kid, I think, um, well, it's dope though, because, yeah, I think it's so, it, it can go one way or the other, where you can just kind of, get caught up in, you know, whatever, running in the streets and doing what kids do at that age and get caught up in that. And luckily you found something that, uh, you know, an art form or something that you are passionate about. And sure, you're going to dabble in, in, in all sorts of stuff that will kind of shape you into the the man that you are now. Right. Um, how, now I guess, uh, so with your mentor uh, figure in your life, did, was he so influential on you to the point where it kind of like, um, in some ways made you a little bit more focused and more like oh, kind of yeah. like so to speak like responsible to kind of like alright let me let me get my stuff together and really like figure out what I'm gonna do with this stuff definitely I think ever since that being on his what I like I call it like I used to call it like Brian's like boot camp uh-huh. you know like he was a very intense person I remember even all the team we we built whether it was like a graphic designer videographer the team that I had under him, they all left that, left his, like he, he left the, his impact on them. Hmm. Um, I know for me too, I know now the way I operate and the way when I have my own team, like I, I know what to do and I'm very serious and I have a sense of urgency. Like everything is very, it kind of stems from that influence. 
What What do you feel like um, was his motivator to kind of mentor you in that way? Well, he was always into into uh, like a lot of motivational things. You okay. know, he he was always listening to motivational speakers sure. he put me on to all the malcolm gladwell books like yep, he yep. he's the one who put me on to that starter kit yeah. of inspirational <laughs> motivational yeah. shit yep. um you know now there's so much more whatever the gary v's the you know all these sure. type of cats on yep. online mm-hmm. but he was really into that early on That's like right. and, and he put me onto that and he gave me like a list of books i should read and i did and and was really hammering that uh, mental uh, mentality into my head, yeah. and uh, it did it did leave an impact. I I think it just left an impact because I'm very. It's easy for me to get really derailed, mm-hmm. and I kind of needed that. I I was like at that time I was letting, you know, I I was talented in, in like in that sense where people are talented but they don't know what to do with it, and mm-hmm. it doesn't it can it it can also just end up nowhere. Yeah. You know, I have so many homies that are talented, it didn't end up anywhere because, like, you hear it all the time, talent is, like, the least important. It's, like, mm. the work ethic. Mm. And it's true, you know, and it's 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 really sad when you see it go nowhere. Yeah. And I would say I, I was like that, where things were working out for me, like, just because I was talented. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see where, like, if I didn't, if he didn't enter my life in that way, I think it just would have, like, kind of slowly mm. faded, faded out. Yeah. Yeah. When you, um, so I, I, I love how you touched on that sort of talent thing and talent versus work ethic because I think at at a young age when you f- when you realize you have a talent and I I think at least guys I mean you know speaking from a guy's perspective you can take that talent that you have and kind of become cocky right you're like yo I'm dope so like why do I need to you know work hard at this like it comes natural and right. but there comes a point where you start to realize like I can't rely on my talent you know you know the all way cuz at some point um it's either going to become stale because like your talent's not progressing at all right. or it's just like yeah I mean at the end of the day if you're trying to create some sort of a uh, like sustain a livelihood there has to be some sort of a formula that you're you know some right. sort of a program that you're living by right um for you uh at what point within now like you know you just kind of doing it for fun finding these new mediums and finding these new platforms and it just being like this fun thing was there a, a, a turning point where you're like um I gotta like supplement the fun and the passion and the artistry with like this program yeah yeah i think you know i'll tell you one lucky thing that was lucky like uh, i was really lucky in a sense where the transition from doing it for fun to a living was a little bit easier than a lot of other people not not how difficult it is to make it happen but the decision Mm -hmm. Because I was already in a very low point in my life. Like, I was working shitty jobs. Like, once you get deeper into, like, say, a corporate job and where you're getting paid really well in the job, it's harder to make that jump into your passion. Mm -hmm. Because you're living, like, a pretty comfortable life. It's hard to give that up. I think for me, since it happened kind of early and I was working a shitty job, if I jumped into really giving, like, rap a chance and going all in what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Like, I'll come back to another shitty job. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. not, I'm not losing much. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think it does get harder 
as you stray more away from that and you start mm-hmm. climbing up the corporate ladder and you're getting good, paid really fucking well. Right. And you got to take this huge cut, you know? So for me, that transition happened um, a lot easier. I was a high school dropout. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of other things going for me at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, focusing on how you're going to make that business work is a, is a thing. You can't just let it, you know just naturally happen on that part the natural yeah. part of you wanting to do it like that should be natural you your the passion should be natural right but far as the business and organization of it mm-hmm. that has to be you have to focus on that yeah, yeah that's that's very clear do you always kind of function within like a team environment or do you kind yeah of, i'm yeah. more of a team dude yeah. i can't i i'll say like i wouldn't be shit without my team mm. i i'm very but one thing that i'm really fucking good at is assembling a team mm. like i i've always said my biggest strength was never been even the best like rapper best this or best that but i am fucking the best at finding the best <laughs> like yeah. real shit like yeah. I, I i've always been like that like even like a lot of the homies that i came up with that went on to become huge and famous like i there's a like there's a reason that i was surrounded by those like great artists like whether it's like anderson pack or like mm-hmm. aquafina like you know, I'm like really good friends with these people. We came up like from the jump, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's just because I've when I find really talented people and people who are really hard workers, like I'm drawn to that. Mm. And it's not even for my benefit as on a business level. I find it more of a benefit. Like I like surrounding myself with great people who are doing great things because yeah, yeah. it influences me. Totally. You know, so that's one thing I've always been good at, like whether it's management, whether it's like artist videographer like i know how to find really dope people in that way have you always known that about yourself no no this is like like way later on and realizing like that's actually my gift it's not like any it's not this other shit you know like i can rap good but a lot of people can rap good you know like there's a lot of other shit but, but that is my biggest strength you know and and it's really about honing that in and once you understand that you can do a lot greater things you know yeah i love that Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJUSPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kinesthetic Brand. I think, um, yeah, I, I think that ability to pinpoint your strength um, it's hard to do, man. I, I feel like so many people, uh, even 
currently in my in my circle, you know, may not be able to pinpoint what their what their strength is, what their purpose is, you know right. what I mean? And I think it takes uh, a lot of living life and and a lot of you know, making your, your, your mistakes to making poor decisions to successes and seeing what works and stuff like that, that you actually, um, and it, you have to be introspective too. You have to take some right. time to like sit with yourself a bit and be like, you got to, sometimes you just got to stop running for a minute just to kind exactly. of understand what you're even running towards. It's a lot of giving up of a lot of things that you thought was all you knew too. Mm-hmm. Like for me, you know, just admitting that like, it's not going to be just rap like that. That's hard to let go for somebody right. who grew up as like, that's what I want to be. Just, I just want to rap, rap, rap. Right. You know, like I have to give that up and that ego as a rapper and be like, maybe it's not just going to be rap. And as you get older, you're going to realize it might, it's not going to be one thing. Yeah. You know, uh, it's going to be a lot of things and that's fine. Like you should embrace it and want to do many things, you know? Yeah. But yeah, letting go of that is going to be really tough for anybody. Yeah. I think transition itself is a scary thing, especially, I mean, you mentioned, you know, um, like if you're in some sort of a corporate structure where you're getting paid while well, you're comfortable, you're like, yo, this is working for me. Right. So there's that fear of leaving it because it's like, yo, if I leave this and where am I going to, I got to start all over someplace else. I right. got to start at the bottom of the barrel, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, even when it comes to, you know, the medium of art that you're in, that you feel like, yo, I'm doing well in this and this is working out. And the thought of leaving that becomes scary. It's like, what what am I going to transition into? And I got to start all over again and all that. But I think, you know, even for myself, you know, currently, like, yeah, I've been doing this dance thing for 20 plus years. So this seems to be like, this is my world. And um, though I feel like it'll always still be a part of my world in some way, shape or form, the way that it, it looks is changing and it's evolving, you know, and it's not so focused on me being on the front lines, choreographing, you know, per se, or performing all the time, but like, you know, building business that's structured around things like dance, putting on shows and stuff like that, that like these younger generations that are really the future that are going to carry that torch, you know, and, and, um, but I think what, one thing that I've learned is as scary as it is, like, oh no, like, am I, am I losing my grip on this thing that was such a big part of my life? Sometimes, like, you got to loosen that grip to see what else is, it's like right. waiting for you to kind of fall into, you know what I mean? It's tough. I mean, I honestly think our generation, like, is really, it's, it's, it's tough for us because we've been this artist and we've enjoyed, you know, all this. And the transitional time of our age moving on to being, like, an OG yeah. Like I don't think that's gonna that's easy for any OG who did it even be before us. Right. You know, who's really ready to kind of just let go yeah, of yeah. the things that you've been living in your dreams, right? I mean and and it's like we look at a lot of the new generation, they're honestly pretty lucky, mm-hmm. you know, like the opportunities there are right now, it's like it's far more vast than like what we had, you know. So uh, you know, at times I'm like, God damn, like I wish I was living in i was like on the grind in this generation right, right. there'll be crazier opportunities mm-hmm. but you can't you if you fight it you're just gonna end up a bitter og you can actually be a part of it and you can still mm-hmm. be involved in this mm-hmm. you know so um it's dope it's like I've, I've i'm glad i i've found my way in this industry still yeah, yeah. you know i mean i i love that too because i think the platforms that are available things like podcasting, you know, and, and kind of putting on this, like we're almost in a sense, 
we are creating a stage for the, the current generation to hop on. And, and there is some level of excitement that the current generation that's like kind of these young bloods that are up and coming to be excited to like, y'all want to hop on Dumbfounded stage because right. that dude's been putting it down for, you know what I'm saying? So there's like this excitement because of the credibility that you carry because of the groundwork that you've been putting for on, sure. you know, for this many years, right? Um, so with you now, you know, uh, so are you still kind of on the acting hustle or, um, I'm on everything. Like, honestly, like I, I, I'm always kind of working on an album. Like after I put it out, it's like, my system has always been like work on album, put it out, tour, and then right back to another album. Like that's kind of been the regular schedule for years. And, um, I'm on it now. I think my next project is moving a little slower because my focus right now is on I'm writing television stuff. Sick. And then um, I'm going out for auditions. But the reason I got heavily more into writing is because I've gone on so many auditions. And even for stuff I'm not passionate about and I'm trying so hard to get this fucking role that I don't even give a fuck about, you know. I was like, I'm just going to write my own shit. So yeah. it's been exciting. I've been working on several like television shows right now, um, writing my own stuff, trying to sell it. So. Yeah. With the writing thing, though, because I, I, I get very interested in people who transition from, say, like writing to acting, or I mean acting to writing. Um, I know that there's a, there is a kind of an academic approach to things like that because people go to school for things like that, right? So for you, um, I mean, you said you dropped out of high school, and uh, I mean, talking to you, you're an intelligent dude, you know what I mean? And I think this just goes to show you don't, you don't have to pick up your, your knowledge and your, your wisdom through books, you know what I mean? Through the traditional schooling system. Well, books, you still do, I think. <laughs> books oh, sure. is like yeah, essential. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but I mean, like going through the like the whole college and the whole institution of traditional yeah. education. Right? I, I always say, though, like the one thing that that stuff teaches you is discipline. Right. And, and in life, self-discipline is one of the fucking hardest things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like if you're an artist and already being in the position of doing what you love every day, you got to wake up and tell yourself, I have to do this because I could chill. Yeah. Every day I could chill if I want, you yeah. know, like the one advantage about having a job or somewhere is like, you know, exactly when the fuck you got to show up yeah. and when you're going to leave. Yeah. You just got to go, you know, punch in at the time. And if you don't, you're going to lose a job yeah. with this. It's like you see a, a slower self-sabotage. You know, and, and it's just, it's kind of dangerous in that way because at least in the other jobs or whatever, like, you know, you can fail and then just move on to the next shit. And failing faster is almost like, an, is better. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this slow sabotage is, you can waste a lot of time and mm-hmm. a lot of your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Speaking of that failure, um, you know, I think every every artist is going to failure comes with the territory because not everything hits. Oh, for sure. You know, so how do you deal with uh, things like that? You know, when you feel like something didn't work out the way you thought or you're not feeling inspired, like how do you treat those times? It's scary. I, I'll tell you right now, my career has not been like crazy successful. Like it's it's been successful in a for me, you know, I, I'm I'm glad like I can do what I, I I've been doing what I love for over ten years, but far as like, have I had like a number like a number one song or no? I haven't had that kind of stuff, you know. But one thing that I've learned in this kind of roller coaster of this independent grind is that what I'm what I'm con- uh, in control of, which is just making things creatively. If I make something, then 
things will move. Right. If I don't make anything, nothing is going to move. Mm-hmm. So it's like the more you make creatively, like make songs, make content, whatever, like it's going to, it'll move and you'll stay afloat mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Is this where you saw yourself like even say 10 years ago where you're at now? Is it- Fuck no. I would expect it to be way bigger, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, real shit. Yeah, I think yeah. people, here's the thing. A lot of artists forget, like we all forget this because like, when I came into the game, when I was watching like you know rappers, and I'm like, I want to do what the fuck they do. I was like, I want to be on a fucking yacht popping champagne on titties and shit. Like, I wasn't like, one day I'm gonna be financially stable and pay my rent on time. Like, no, dude. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You get older and you realize and you, you feel it's a blessing, bro. I'm not complaining, but our dreams are far more bigger than like knowing that like this is gonna be our grind. Yeah. But that's what you learn as you get older. And it, yeah. and also knowing that it's, you know, you you can still have that dream. Like, I still have that dream. You know, like, I'm, I still think I haven't hit my peak yet. Mm-hmm. And that is an exciting feeling. I think a lot of artists who get older, like, they start letting that kind of worry them. And I've gone through that, too. Right. Or being like, fuck, I'm, like, old and I'm getting, you know, like, it's, is it, it's too late or not. But once when you open up another pocket and a path, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh shit! Then you see you have more things to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. You know. I love that though because I think that whole you know stigma of prime, like I've hit my prime or I've passed my prime. I mean, that's such a subjective thing. You know what I mean? Because how how do you even determine that? You know, like what your prime is, right? And you know, people, you know, I've I've known of you know actors that don't really get their break until they're like late 40s, you know, like Brian Cranston from Breaking, Bra- right, Breaking right. Bad, right? I mean, you know, he's been, I mean, not to say that he was a no-namer, but like really Breaking Bad was where I was like, yo, this dude right. is like here now, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think it's the um, the mentality of, like you said, keep moving and and keep uh, keep grinding and creating from a place that's honest, from someplace that's real within you because I think that's something because even as I you know like as I've kind of follow your work and just even talking to you now um you you have a very firm grasp of who you are you know like your self-awareness is is so high that I think everything that you do you know artistically um career-wise it's coming from a place that's like well this is who I am and this is really what I believe right and so um you know, could you speak on that a little bit? Because I think in a generation now, I think some of the things that I kind of become fearful of, of like our generation now, the younger kids growing up with all the social media and that being such this, it's everything. It's like you're either big on social media and you're, 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 the, you're the best person in the world or you're nobody because no one's following you, right? And like it, it's almost becomes this extreme. And I can't imagine like what it's like to be a junior high or high school kid oh, yeah, now, sure. like growing up with, you know. That's just wild. Like the, the, the likes and the followers are everything. It's like this currency, you know. But, um, you know, so in a, you know, in a time that's so big on um, a social sort of profile, um, how do you, or how have you been able to, um, you know, kind of maintain just your, your identity and, and stay true to who you are? You know? I, I will tell people like, especially in the entertainment world, I wouldn't let anybody, you know, I, especially kids who are watching or listening who are heavily in this YouTube world of building their own YouTube followers or whatnot. I would not get caught up in that, to be honest, because from what I've seen is I know big YouTube stars and I know big like TV stars right. and film stars or whatnot. 
it's two different things, you know. That's interesting how you could be a huge YouTube star, go into a fucking crowded restaurant, a fan comes up to you, wants to take a picture, and everybody around there is like, who the fuck is this dude? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And that's literally how shit works, you know. Um, With that said, too, it is important to build your – don't care about any other – you know, scene and care about, I think there is no underground and mainstream anymore. It's just individuals and how many fans they have. Right. Like back then there used to be like an underground scene and there used to be like a mainstream right. scene. I don't think that exists no more. Yeah. I think it's like each person is its own scene, right. you know? So in that sense, that's cool that you can do that, but don't get too comfortable there too. Mm-hmm. I know so many YouTubers that get comfortable in that world and even their perspective is so small mm-hmm. on, on, on culture. You know, I think it's so small because once you get gassed up in that world, you get caught up in it. Right. I know these all these YouTube stars who are like complete dorks and then like got all this fame and bitches and all this shit. And they're like gas so gassed up, you know, about this world that they don't they're not nerds about their craft no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're not yeah. nerds. If you're like a real nerd and you're like obsessed with like all the you know, everything culture wise, you yeah. go out to the the shows and sh- shit that have nothing to do with YouTube. Right. You know? So I think it's that you gotta still have that hunger um for to stay up on shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, um and not get caught up in your own the, your own culture you built. Right. You know? So I, I for me, I just realized whatever following I get, it's it's still I still haven't accomplished what I've initially started. You know, I, I've always looked up to like I want to be on television. Like I'm very specific about mm-hmm. that. Like I, you know, and people talk about oh things are transitioning to you know internet and all that. Yeah, it's true, but no, like I still want to be on yeah. TV. Like yeah. I know the impact of television mm-hmm. and film, and yeah, I want to do that. Right. So I kind of never forget this ultimate goal that I have. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's dope. I think because hearing you talk. It, it's like if someone's telling you, well, no, but everything's transitioning to this. This is going to be the bigger thing. You're like, oh, really? So then maybe I should focus on that. It's like, I don't care if that's the bigger thing. This is what I've always wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, no. Yeah. for me, no one could ever convince somebody is dope. Right. Like, I, that could never happen to me. Yeah. I don't care. I could go to tons. Of, you know, I get invited all the time to events and um, whatever where all these other people from different, like, obviously because they have followings or invited. Yeah. But you can't convince me they're fucking dope. Right. People get pressured in this industry to obviously invite the motherfuckers with numbers. Right. That's all it is, though. It's yeah. numbers. Like, yeah. No one can convince me what I like or what I don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I never, I, I don't believe in this whole hating, like, oh, stop hating shit. No, like, motherfuckers should have opinions. Like, even in the <laughs> Asian community, yeah. I think more people should have opinions mm-hmm. about artists. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to not like some shit. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's okay. Have those opinions. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I always say that about, like, the one thing about the black community I always loved is like they're very blunt mm-hmm. about what they like and what they don't. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it's created this tough love situation. Hmm. You know, like the Apollo is a situation yeah. where you suck, you get booed off stage, right. but they come back next week, right. you know. Um, and that, it was the same way the open mic I used to go to. They used to be like that. You sign up and you do your song if they were if you were whack they'd start encouraging the crowd to chant please pass the mic like during your shit <laughs> yeah. and dj is like <laughs> yeah cuts the record and i loved it because those two types of people that reacted after that mm-hmm. one would return be like fuck that and i'm gonna show y'all next week i'm not gonna get booed off stage right 
And the other one was like, fuck y'all. Y'all don't know what the fuck right. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so those two types of people, uh-huh. you know? And I, I feel like we start we start living in this generation of, of that that second person I explained. Right. Like, right. fuck y'all. Y'all don't know what the fuck you're talking yep. about. You're hating, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, nah, bro. This depends how you take it. Yeah. It's really how you take it. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think right now is like exciting time, you know. I, I think we're going to see a lot of things separated. I mean, if we're talking specifically Asian American, right now is when we're going to see the clear difference of like either people are going to take it to the next level mm-hmm. or people you're going to see that who, who've been working so long in this th- one thing, but they're not leaving their comfort zone. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's going to be a huge difference in the next couple of years. Like I feel like we're gonna see, especially with YouTube changing. That's why all these dudes, we're all everybody's doing something different, you know, yeah. going into podcasts and you know, all, everybody's doing mm-hmm. that because they're bored <laughs> of like doing a kids show for the last five years. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. people are bored. Like they want to, and it was good. The money was good. The shows was there. The college shows was there. I right. was doing the shows, you know. Yeah. But you get bored creatively and as like growing as an artist. Right, right. Yeah, you mentioned the whole uh, <clears throat> yeah, like things like the Apollo, right, where. You either, um, yeah, just stand against the tide and just refuse to believe that you just aren't as talented as you may think you are, or you let that fuel you to go back into the lab and really tighten up your craft and come back and then win there, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, yeah, like that's undeniable, you know what I mean? Like skill and, and putting focus on developing and then having people receive it differently the next time is like, bro, that's that's undeniable. You did something there, and I right. think that's what's that's what's dope about things like that. And I think there's obviously a, a cultural thing there too, in terms of I don't know. I think Asian culture, we're just we just tend to be really nice, you know what I mean, or like traditional. Yeah, there you is know though, I mean? and that, you're right. It, I think that does play into the whole thing. Yeah, there yeah. is cultural elements of that sure. too. But I, I would say, if we're trying to play on the entertainment world of right. it. That has to change, right? You know, that has to change. We have to be far more aggressive, yeah. You know, I even far more, not just like I don't understand, there's like not enough critique. Like, when I mm-hmm. see, you know, I don't want to throw out names, right? But even like blogs, Asian blogs, yeah. how is it possible there isn't one new Asian thing that you don't like? Like, you like every yeah. new Asian thing yeah. that comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, no criticism. And, you know, it's like, I don't I don't understand that. Like, how is that pushing our people forward? Right, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, mm-hmm. I like finding the dopest shit mm-hmm. and putting them on the front line. Right. Like, you know, the dopest motherfuckers in the front line. Yep. yep. I, I, I just, I don't, it just makes us look so lame when we don't have an opinion on our own artists. Totally. I, I, I think it just makes us look so cheesy. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you know, props at the end of the day. I mean, you know, easy props is essentially it's fake props. You know what I mean? It's like if you're just gonna give someone props just to give it, you're essentially lying to them. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of the worlds we come from, you know, like that shit don't exist. You right. know, I mean, especially in hip hop. Hip hop yeah. is, and that's one thing I love about hip hop that's taught me is that competitive spirit, mm-hmm. and it's it's like in the end of the day, it's still all love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you, motherfuckers in B-Boy battles so aggressive and in rap battles, they think we hate each other. Right. <laughs> but at the end, it's like super love. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're like athletes, right. you know, in this in this arena. Yeah. That's that's so cool that you, you mentioned it kind of, in, or you compared it to something like sports because, um, yeah, just having a conversation earlier about it, you know, like in sports, you can critique someone's game, like, you know, whether they killed it or whether they just flopped. You know right. what I mean? It's just... 
it is what it is. Yeah. Like you just saw it, you know, and you you call it as it is. And um, I think there's a little bit of a a sensitivity when it's artistry. It's like, oh, well, this is their self expression. So how can I critique the way that they're expressing themselves? That's kind of, <laughs> yeah. It's it's something that yeah that we need to get over. Right. Like right. They, we need to get over that shit and. and it, calling somebody it's not fair dude like motherfuckers are entitled to their own opinion sure. you cannot like something like yeah. it's okay yeah yeah you know I dig that man um you mentioned like you know your dream and stuff like that you know would you say uh you do you have like a clear sort of dream that you know whether that's kind of a mapped out in like a five or ten year sort of plan or is there just some sort of kind of like umbrella sort of thing that you're trying to go for my mentor, when I first met him, that was the first thing he told me to do. Make a one-year uh, list and a five-year list. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is weird. <laughs> like, we spent two yeah. hours with each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I was like, okay. So I made, like, a one-year list and a five-year list. And he helped me accomplish, like, my five-year goals in, like, two years. Sick. Which was dope. Yeah. Like, which also made me realize I needed, like, bigger goals. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, uh -huh. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, was, uh, it was amazing. And, like... I always started thinking like that, you know, so now I definitely have uh, dreams like I want to be in films. I want to have my own production like I want to have my own TV shows and projects. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these things kind of uh, not the acting stuff was always like like a grand dream from since I was young. But now like I have more like dreams that I'm like, oh, I can actually do this. I can have my own production of television shows and ideas because i have ideas and i now i have the network for what i built from my music career mm -hmm. all these that journey is really the biggest currency you're going to gain at yeah. the end of the day that that network that you've built in the last like yep. 15 years in the game or whatever is really the currency mm -hmm. and that's what i'm learning now mm. you know like now i can go into these rooms and i have some kind of resume i'm not just like a dude with an idea right you know, and it does help. You know, I, I'll tell you right now, like you doing stuff and building a resume. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, I tell sometimes I check myself because I tell the homies like, bro, I've been going into these rooms, having meetings with telling them my ideas. And like, it's not as easy, like it's not as hard as you thought. But I forget like, yeah, no, I did build my resume. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and I realize that does help. Yeah. You know, even with podcasts, like if you just started a podcast, just a regular dude it's going to be harder than like somebody with a name starting a podcast. So it's, it's, and it, it all that stuff really does uh, resonate, you know, like yeah. with how, how you're going to move forward. So, you know, don't, you know, all the years you, you're in this shit, this is going to, you know, add up to something yeah. at least at the end. Yeah. How do you define success? How do I define success? Um, you know, it's 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 a tough place because it's like, you you know, we're really hard on ourselves about success. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, we're never final. We're never there. We're never successful. I feel like you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm constantly like trying to aim for the success, but I don't really even know. You know, mm -hmm. one thing I'm going back. I'm actually going backwards these days because I've chased after the success stuff so like had the singular focus since i was young about like i need to make it i need to make it and make money and take care of my family and all that stuff but it's like i've also forgotten to smell the flowers you know mm. like i my relationship with my family is not so great you know my relationship 
with friends haven't been so great. It's one of those things where I tell my mom, like, don't worry, I'm going to buy you a house, mm-hmm. but then not get her, like, a birthday present. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, don't worry about the small birthday present. Right. I'm going to get you a fucking house. Right. But it's like you don't realize all those smaller moments is, like, really what you might miss out on while chasing all the shit. Yeah. You know, so I've been kind of revisiting all those elements. It's the same mistake my parents made. They were after like making the American dream come true that mm-hmm. they didn't really focus on our family stuff. You know, and I don't I kinda don't want to make the same mistakes again. Yeah. So like a lot of the projects that I'm working on explores that kind of topic. Mm. I feel like the American dream cha- the chasing that we forget a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's more important. It's the little things that are the bigger things. Wow. That's you know? good, man. Yeah. I, I, f- I feel like it's been like that heavily for me. Mm. I've been so focused on that. You know, the American dream, American dream, not realizing I'm making the exact same mistakes my right. parents made, like, with it, you know? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Success is is a hard thing to define, you know? Uh, I think success is probably happiness, ultimately, for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of redefining that right now for myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. I mean, when you talk about that American dream, I mean, I don't know. It's so funny because I... I I rarely use the term in describing what I'm doing. I, I use that term of like, yeah, like we're trying to describe what my parents are trying to do for us. And like now we're, we're living in that age or so we're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to just make it work. But like, yeah, you know, we're, we're without us even realizing we're kind of like adopting the stuff that they do. And it just looks different. You know, right. we're doing it. We're applying it in different ways here. But I mean, when you said, you know, taking the time to smell the roses, you know, it's it's just because life goes by so fast. Like every year is just gone right. with the snap of a finger. It's like, okay, now we're like 2020 is already on its way. You know what I mean? Like we're already like halfway there. And, you know, because we can get so caught up with like the grind and running all the time that we forget to do things like that. I mean, just, just last weekend I went to Disneyland with my sister and she, yeah. she asked me, she's like, when was the last time we were at Disneyland together? I was like, dang, right, right, right. I don't remember. You know what I mean? Like, and, but you know, but for her to even ask me that question, it was like a, in the moment it slowed me down. Cause right. I had to think, I was like, dang. So, you know what I mean? So even things like that, you know, like, like, yo, spend some time with your family because these times aren't going to come very often right. because we're so used to going fast and, forward. And you know? even coming from a storyteller perspective of like me writing and, you know, writing music or whatnot, a lot of the stories are actually there. Right. That's what a lot of creatives don't realize. Mm-hmm. We're chasing after all these things and in this side, they don't realize everything is right under their noses. Right. The stories that you might want to tell or sell to execs on, you know, TV show or whatnot, the stories are actually there. Mm-hmm. They're right under your noses. Like the shit your mom goes through, your dad goes through. Like if you just listen, you have so much shit. It's so much <laughs> material too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's what's up, man. Um, I'm gonna lightning round you up for a bit. Oh, I'm gonna shit, throw I some uh, <laughs> throw some quick questions at you, and then just off top, we gotta go for it. Here we go. Three, two, one. Who is the goat? The goat. Oh, damn. This is supposed to be lightning. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Who do I... Who's the goat? Fuck. In any industry. How you gonna throw that in the first thing, bro? <laughs> Coming in hot, bro. Goats, Coming in hot. <laughs> um, fuck. I don't know. There's a lot. I, I can't even answer this, dude. This is too much. Should I give right you now. an industry like? Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's your favorite rapper of all time? Let's just let's go with that. Favorite rapper? <sighs> Fuck. I hate this question too. I'm sorry. Um, 
I I associate uh, there's I mean there's a lot of my favorites I'm gonna say is like Eminem, Method Man. Yeah. Um, I I hate saying M because I don't listen to him anymore. Uh-huh. I, and it's so remarkable seeing like this great rapper that I used to listen to and I can't listen to him the same way uh-huh. anymore. But uh-huh. uh, like Wu Tang is like yep. one of my favorite cr- yep. groups. Um, I, I associate a lot with groups, Far Side, yep. Tribe. Mm-hmm. Like they just aged very well, sound wise, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Word. I agree with all of those choices. Uh, I probably should ask you this one first. What's your favorite food? <laughs> that would have been the the warm up. Oh, the food is it. easy. Yeah. I, I I love Korean food and Mexican food, but Korean is like braised short rib, kalbichim, yep. kimchi jjigae, and like a side of fish would be like my death row, like a meal. <laughs> yeah, your last. Yeah, meal. Yeah, my last meal. Word. Um, and, and in Mexican, I love carne asada burritos and tacos. Like that defines me as L.A. Word. That's it. That's it. Um. This changed my life. Finish that thought. I would say um, going to the open mic, yeah, Project Bloat. Some might think it was just like a rapper thing, but it actually changed my life in all aspects of how I perceive people, and you know, especially with race too. Like I was surrounded by the most black people I've been in my life, mm-hmm. and. They're, Right before that, I had a whole different perception of what a black person was until I went there. And Lamert Park is a very like African centric like neighborhood with mm-hmm. art and music. You know, black kids who lived in like the most gangster areas in South Central, but was like an anime nerd. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, it like yeah. really changed my whole perception on everything. Sick. Yeah, that's dope. Um, who needs to just hang it up? Who needs to hang it up? Oh, fuck. This is not, I don't want I'm not gonna, I decided not to talk shit about anybody anymore. Um, you know, it, it, that's a tough question. It's like, you you know, the truth is, you'll reach a point where you might want to hang up something. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you have to hang up everything. You can find a different way into your dreams or a path. Mm-hmm. You know, but there is times where, you got to start working differently. I don't. I wouldn't say hang it up, mm-hmm. but you got to start working differently mm-hmm. if something is not working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> that's true. It's Word. like you have to switch something up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a good safe answer, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it is right. Shit. Uh, what would be a dream sort of work scenario for you? Whether it's a collaboration or an opportunity to do something. I, I would say the dream scenario is working with some. Well, initially it would be like a huge company giving you money to do your own thing. Mm. But the ultimate dream is to like provide the money f- directly from me right. too, you know. Right. But but it is to do your own things, do your own projects creatively. A lot of these artists and actors are getting these like first look deals with studios and stuff. Where And that's like a great opportunity. Yeah. Anytime you have an idea, you know someone's going to be on board, yeah. you know. yeah. So that is a dream opportunity right there. You just need your own network, bro. Just yeah. freaking dumbfounded network. Right. Let's go. Um, what would people, what, what's something that people most likely don't know about you? Uh, what do they not know about me? That's a tough one too because I'm very transparent to be honest. Like I don't really have a lot of shit that I hide. But, but I have, you know, what they might not know is that I have a lot of my own um, demons with, you know, problems with addiction in the past Mm. with drugs alcohol i still struggle with it a lot Mm. now you know um 
I think it's because you know in social media it's like that's that's the scary thing we can show whatever we want and right. people think you're fine mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, I can compl- I could put something on my IG story make, make people think I'm completely fine right now right. and go off in a fucking three day drug binge you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like it's like that's a scary thing but for me it's like I, I like to tell people yeah like nah it's not all you, all you see there like mm. I have my low points and all that sure you know and you do need people around you mm. That's one thing I, I can't, I realize I can't do this alone. Mm. I've known that really early on, which I'm blessed. And I always keep somebody around me. If I'm fucking up, they tell me I'm yeah. fucking up. Yeah. That's real, man. That's big. Um, what would you say is your proudest moment? My proudest moment uh, was when I got to just quit my job, I would say. Um, I never quit my job and like out the blue without having something set up and being like, I'm going a hundred percent in. I was always doing both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then I slowly faded out my job, but it was like that moment where I had the job faded out and like just woke up and was like, Oh shit. Like I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was a really proud moment where I'm like, fuck, like I'm, I don't think I need to go back to work. Cause I, I, I found a system in my head where mm-hmm. I'm able, I'm going to be able to always do this. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like you f- you finally find a system eventually how to make money every month to survive off of what you love, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, you have to have people constantly working for you on your team that's going to bring the money in. Mm-hmm. You need those dudes on the team, too, who's going to bring the money yeah. in. So, you know, like, you know, whatever, whoever you deal with as far as the investors or the manager sure. guy bringing in yeah. the money. You yeah. need that dude, right. you know? Um, and then everything else should be creative, whether it's like videographers, graphics, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you need the, you need those guys yeah. who have nothing to do with the creative. Their shit is just get the money. Yeah. Yeah. If you could hop in the DeLorean and go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Honestly, I, it would be more, it would be like health related. Be like, yo, don't fuck with all them drugs, alcohol, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, because uh-huh. I want. I, then I'd be like, if I gave went back, gave that advice, came back, I'd look like a fucking pop star, bro, like yeah. a K-pop star. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just completely <laughs> non age, different, dumbfounded. Yeah, no, nah, I, I would say, I mean, health is, I really health is wealth, you know, yeah. and, and I, uh, you see that with so many people in hip hop, and we've lost like so many hip hop artists in yeah. the last two years, yeah. you know, and like the, that's really sad you know people mm-hmm. who are hitting their peak artistically and we lost them to like drug addiction mm-hmm. and all that that actually made me slow down a lot mm-hmm. you know i was wilding too mm-hmm. and i slowed down a lot because of that um and i know a lot of artists in the industry who's worked with those artists too who slow down a lot too mm-hmm. um but yeah it's like it's just sad because they have all the success all the money and then they pass, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like they can't enjoy it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like so that putting that into perspective is like so real. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, that's real, man. Um, <clears throat> less of more of. So if you could see something less of in the world and also more of in the world, what would that be? Less in the world is obviously like, you know, war. That's mm-hmm. like the fucking worst thing. And people getting shot like mm-hmm. it's so fucking crazy every day waking up to that you know um more is like more people you know 
being like uh, taking care of the world more really mm-hmm. that shit is like you know i just had like conversations with roy Choi and shit yeah, he's talking yeah. about you know if people ate like one day like less meat every week or something mm-hmm. like the world would already be drastically it's different wild. you know yeah, and we're not even willing to do that we're like fuck that like <laughs> but uh yeah i mean um i'm 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 being a lot more conscious about a lot of my decisions sure. yeah it's dope what's your golden rule your life mantra I would say just don't fight the universe. I think we're so stubborn about the goals and dreams we already have set for ourselves, but the path is is going to shift. It's going to change. Don't fight it. You know, work with it. You know, like don't be so stubborn about how you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, that journey, you know, that that journey is so important. Yeah. You know, um and journey is what's really going to be the experience you take out of it it's not mm. that final thing you get. the journey is the reward mm. you know what i mean um and and have fun with the journey you know don't think you're going off track no like ride it you know but always have that goal at yeah. the end too yeah. but the journey is truly the fucking reward man the, all the experiences you'll have like i got stories you got stories like yeah, yeah. those stories are like they're so valuable mm. you know what's up man it's legit uh dang dumb um it's been dope talking with you man i feel like this is probably the first sort of real conversation <laughs> you know i feel like we always see each other in passing you know out in i know right while we're just kind of doing our yeah, thing yeah and it was a great one which too, is yeah. which is good and fun and all but you know i think i love these conversations um especially kind of like these first time ones where you get to kind of really dig deep and i feel like you know a platform like this invites that sort of conversation i mean like what else are you going to talk about right so i think it's it's dope to you know be able to connect with you in that way but i think you know even just kind of i mean it's funny every every guest that comes on you know to the pod like i do a little bit of homework and research and it's kind right. of fun kind of digging it's like oh i'd like this person's really been here done that and you know and kind of going down these rabbit holes and stuff and i think one thing that just i appreciate about um like you know whether it's you know, you in the the rap battle scene to, you know, you doing your music to, um, you know, your podcast to the different interviews I've seen. I'm like, this dude's the same guy in every space, you know? And I think that is one, um, I mean, it's not like good job on being yourself, but like, but kind of, yeah. Cause I think you can, you can get caught up with, um, thinking that you need to kind of shift your persona to fit some sort of like place right it's, it's just very really exhausting to do yeah. that you know like my whole thing is you know i i you gotta be it's it's easier to be up front from the jump mm-hmm. then you don't have to try to do any exactly. editing of yourself <laughs> yeah it's really more yeah. of like a lazy thing right i, <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with all that yeah, you know and yeah. then you also start cornering yourself into a world that it's going to be harder to get out of yeah you know, I, I've had a lot of artist friends who've struggled with that. Right. And they get so deep into it. They're like, I can't do this, be like myself anymore because I'm going to lose my fans. Right. I'm going to lose income or whatnot. But I think it's just, it's it sucks, you know, because we didn't come into this to like play a role. We want to be ourselves exactly. and share who we are. Yeah. And I think, but with that too, you being as real as you are and, and kind of, uh, yeah, just kind of being that honest person you will like that type of person will gravitate towards you as well so i mean when you talk about you know putting a team together and you say you're really good at putting 
you know, the best people as a part of your squad. Um, it may not be the best as in like the most talented and the most, you know, well-connected, but the best for you, like the right. best for you to operate. That, that's actually a good point. Yeah. What you just said. Yeah. It has to be the best for you. Yeah. And like, you know, that you mm-hmm. want to surround yourself with, that you can be around and, and, and be yourself, but also be inspired that they'll check you whenever you need to be checked. Right. You know, and I think the, the good friends are the ones who are able to do that. And so, yeah, man, I mean, I just, you know, just big ups to, you know, everything that you're doing and congratulations on everything, man. Nah, with same, the pod bro. And all that. I'm always very, like, it's amazing to see when all the homies from mad years ago are still doing it and build bigger things. And, and all the listeners, you know, don't, uh, you don't ever assume that any artists that you follow or whatnot aren't doing other things because they're quiet in a department that you're used to hearing them in or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know people are finding creative ways to, you know, stay active. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's important. Another advice is like, I, I, I think people should not be afraid to invest in themselves. Mm. You know, putting yeah. money, I don't think that's ever a bad investment. Nope. You know, self care, man. You got to take yeah. care of yourself. Yeah. So yeah, man, I think just with what you're doing, man, just keep, keep going, bro. And, and it's, it's cool that like, you know, Though we may run in different lanes in terms of the actual yeah. industry, it's it's kind of one and the same in terms of just like we're all out here trying to do it. And I think the being able to kind of, you know, cross pollinate in a lot of ways, you know what I mean, and support each other. And uh, yeah, I feel like I get like I said, I get pushed a lot by people who aren't doing what I'm doing. And you know, I just kind of sure. like you, you mentioned like Roy Trump, like this guy is doing like everything at once and he still has time to come on a podcast and talk, right. you know, and just chill, you know, and it's, it's so dope. So, it's yeah, really all the, all the infrastructure is pretty much the same, you know. Yeah. The, the craft might be different, but how you find success in those things are all ultimately the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it is, man. So thanks for coming thanks on, for man. Me, yeah, bro. for Hell sure. Yeah. Guys, thanks for tuning in. If you guys are finding this episode by itself, we got a whole bunch of other episodes. So subscribe to the podcast. We're on everything: iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. If this is dope to you in whatever way, leave us a rating. Five stars are always dope. Leave us a review. Follow us on IG, Twitter. We're on all that stuff. Kendra's podcast, cast with the K, Kendra's.com slash podcast. You get all the show notes up there. And uh, share it with your friends. That's the only way that we really even market this thing is just by asking you guys to share it. So tag us. Keep sliding into the DMs. I read all that. I reply to all that. I regram all that. And yeah, thanks for chatting with us. And we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.